Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen, and today I'm sitting down at night by candlelight wanting to discuss an awesome book that I recently read that it became the most gifted book that I usually give people. Um, this is uh, The book is called Chub Wood, Carry Water by Joshua Metcalf, and It's a short story about a boy that was in love with samurai culture and had a dream. He had a relentless desire to become a samurai archer. So the author, Joshua Metcalf, masks the mundane task that the protagonist has to do in order to achieve this goal with the phrase, chop wood, carry water. It's a really short read But this book has some really awesome advice that I think can inspire all of you to fall in love with the process of becoming really great at something. Personally, I felt related to the story of that Joshua tells here through the, the main character because I spent many, many years doing quote-unquote mundane tasks, whether it was for my sport or for my profession as well. But when I compare it to Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting, for example, two sports that require you to be comfortably uncomfortable and to do something every day that is super repetitive and it's difficult to measure progress, but becoming world-class at something is achieved really only by doing extremely boring things repeatedly over a long period of time. And that's where the quote or the, the title, Chop Wood, Carry Water, comes from. So the people that I would recommend this book to are basically people that need to understand that creating something that's worthwhile, whether that's a career that you're that you're passionate about that you that something that you want to achieve or maybe it's being a better parent or maybe it's being um, a better athlete at something specific obviously it requires time requires discipline but most important of all requires being in love with the process so regardless of your background and where you want to end up, I think that this read will give you the dose of optimism and, and I guess, mental stamina to keep going. Quick shout out to our sponsor, LMNT. Uh, it's a great tasting electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. LMNT is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks following a keto, low carb or paleo diet. LMNT contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, with, no, with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. If you want to check these guys out, this is something that Stephanie and I use all the time. Uh, check them out at drinklmnt.com hybrid. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high-quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, 
recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. So let's get right into the book. I I mainly want to focus on five important lessons from this book. And they are the first one. The first one is making sure that we stay focused on chopping wood and carrying water. Second, not letting discouragement get to us. Third, the fact that the grass isn't greener on the other side. And I'll get into that. Four, changing goals for a compelling mission. Five, the fact that we're always building our own house throughout our entire lives. So I like that the book started by telling a story between that shows a dynamic between John, who's the main character, and Akira, who is the the person teaching him how to be a samurai archer. So he's the, the master. And pretty much he's being super nitty-gritty, nitty-gritty with John about the adjustments that he needs to make to his bow when he's trying to aim at the target. And he's complaining about just how minute it seems that the the changes that he needs to make to the position of his of his bow and the position of the arrow because he he keeps insisting that it's it's just an inch and that's one of the first lessons that Akira tells John is that every adjustment at the firing line will essentially mean the difference between hitting the target and missing it so Basically, it's that everything, no matter how mundane it is, matters a lot when you multiply it times the amount of times that you do it. And I can't remember what, what a book it was, but they they talked about this, uh, the, the, the power of tiny gains, how if you make 0.1% improvement at the end of the year, you'll have 33%, you'll, you'll, you'll have improved 33%, 33%. Maybe my math is wrong, but you know what I mean. Obviously, if, if it's something that you're repeating every day, it does matter. It does matter how you do it. And that's why I always say that it's so important to live your life with intention and not just put yourself on autopilot and and not pay attention to how you're doing things. So, you know, people dream about starting online businesses or a side hustle or a side hustle that will allow them to travel the world. But not a lot of people are willing to chop wood, carry water. And what, what I mean by that is that we live in a world where immediate gratification is all around us all the time. You know, we have social media that gives us that instant dopamine hit when we're, when we're feeling lonely or sad or we can do online shopping. Just, there's just so many things that we can do to, to get us out of a, a, a bad mood or a bad situation that are at the, the tips of our fingers. And I think that it's, it's been lost, that kind of mentality of having to put in the groundwork in order to get the results that we want and, and have the ability to delay gratification and push past uncomfortable times to get to, to where we want, essentially. And in the book, I love this quote that, ha- uh, that they say, 
that he said, the, the author says, everyone wants to build the next Apple or Facebook, but nobody wants to sell matches door to door. Everyone wants to be a samurai warrior, but few are willing to faithfully chop wood, carry water. Greatness isn't for the chosen few, it's for the few, the few who choose it. And everyone wants to be great until it's time to do what greatness requires. And I love that because it's particularly true when it comes to adulthood. I think I think back at the time at the time when I started playing soccer when I was younger and I didn't really have a, a solid concept of time. I just have a, a I just had a big dream that I wanted to uh, to achieve that was being a professional soccer player and I was happy just showing up and doing whatever it is that I needed to do, whatever it took that day to continue perfecting my craft. And I think that as we grow up, we have this we have this this sense that we don't have enough time and and we lose patience and we just want to get from a all the way to to z and we just don't don't want to invest the time that it takes in order for us to to get to where we want to get maybe it's because we're you know we feel like that the clock is ticking and we don't really have enough time or maybe we actually don't have enough time in a day but I think that for some things we just you can't speed the process up. You have to just dream big and start small and focus on the things that we can control and have faith along the way. Two super important lessons about this chapter as well was about value, about not letting our value be tied to our identity. For example, if you are a powerlifter, I'm going to I'm going to keep I'm going to keep the example relevant to to our audience. If you're a powerlifter and you're not doing well or you don't do well at a powerlifting competitions, you shouldn't think any less of yourself based on the result of your performance because your value is is constant. It never goes up or down. So instead of tying your your value to your identity, you need to find your identity in something that can never be stripped away from you. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is being okay with being uncomfortable because no matter what you do, you are always going to experience discomfort. It's it's not a choice of whether or not you're going to be uncomfortable. The choice that you have is when and, and where you experience it. So everything at some point is going to be, quote unquote, too hard. You know, everything's too hard. So is being broke. So is failing to come close to your potential. So is the pain of regret. So at some point in our lives, we're going to experience those times of difficulties and setbacks and failures. And it's up to us how we want to react to that. Because people, essentially, there's also a book by Seth Godin called The Dip that where they talk, where he talks about quitting, or it's, I think it's the art of knowing when to quit. But basically, People who get average results are people who persist until things get uncomfortable and then they quit. And then people who get really good results, they persist and things until things get painful and then they quit. But people who get world-class, incredible results, they teach themselves to be comfortably uncomfortable during those periods of resistance. So for the second lesson on not letting discouragement get to you. It's so easy to get discouraged. It's as human beings, I think we always have doubt in our minds. 
It's, it's, it's part of what makes us human. There's always going to be somebody that we think is better than us. There's always going to be somebody that tells us that we can't do something. There's always going to be negative, negative um, uh, self-talk going on inside of our brain. So beating discouragement is one of the most important things when it comes to staying on track when you're trying to do something amazing. And you just, it, I think it's just something that you need to be aware of. It's a feeling that you need to understand that's there because no matter what it is that you're doing, you'll, you'll be faced with that along the way. And it's going to try to sabotage your, your, your project, what you're trying to do. Discouragement can essentially take many shapes and forms, but most often comes in the form of negative self-talk it's that little annoying voice inside your head that tells you that you aren't good enough that you can't do it I've experienced it so many times in my life and it's it's really annoying um for a lot of people it it it's represented as imposter syndrome for me that happened when I graduated from physical therapy school I didn't I didn't really feel like I knew what I was talking about. I was discouraged because I felt like everybody else around me knew way more than me and that I still had so much more to learn and I had spent so many years of my life studying this and didn't feel prepared. And it was this feeling that was essentially trying to convince convince me that despite all of my past achievements and the amount of time that I spent studying and learning, that I still wasn't good enough. So what should we do with that feeling in the book basically they mentioned that you can't necessarily remove it from your bucket of feelings you definitely have uh you can definitely be aware and change the following six things you can you can be aware of and change what you watch you can change and be aware of what you read what and who you listen to who you surround yourself with, the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you visualize yourself achieving things, and your thoughts and beliefs. All of those are things that you have full control of. For example, hanging around with with hang around with the wrong people and you'll probably end up in jail or drinking, taking drugs, listening to haters online or whatever it is. Bad things happen all the time if we listen to our inner critic that constantly nags I'm not good at this or whatever after all everybody would abandon a project if someone followed them around all day and criticized everything they did the key I think the key there is to realize that if you do feel like garbage about your what you're doing then your thoughts are probably also garbage so let's take out the trash and start having more positive self-talk or find a supportive group of people that can help you overcome the setback uh, that you're that you're experiencing that can instill optimism and hope in your life by by rem- reminding you of the past achieve of your past achievements so that's how you beat discouragement and how you keep moving forward with your project essentially by substituting self-destructing thoughts with whispers of faith in your abilities there's a specific quote from the book that says 
John, you keep getting in the way of your own potential because you keep seeing everything as a test. The secret is to understand that nothing is a test but only an opportunity to learn and grow. Many people never fulfill their potential because they look at every situation in life as a test. If you look at something as a test, then you will focus only on passing the test instead of on maximizing your growth throughout the experience. Over time, the person who is simply focused on maximizing what they can learn and how they can grow will become much greater than the person who sees life as one continual test to prove themselves. I love that. I recently, in in one of the podcasts I was a, a guest on, I can't remember which one it was, I got asked, what would my final three words or what would my final words be if if, if I could choose, if, if I was aware that I was dying? And, and for me, I think it would have been, I tried my best. I, and I think that's, that mindset is important to have that every day that goes by, you're just focused on being a better version of yourself on trying to, trying to grow and trying to learn as much as possible instead of focusing on the end goal or destination. Quick shout out to our sponsor, LMNT. Uh, it's a great tasting electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. LMNT is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. LMNT contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, with no with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. If you want to check these guys out, this is something that Stephanie and I use all the time. Uh, check them out at drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. The third lesson is about the grass not being greener on the other side. So the author highlights the, the, the lesson that the grass is greener where you water it. We've essentially become a culture that is hyper-focused on comparison. I mean, look at social media. You scroll, it's social media scrolling, it, it might seem harmless to a lot of people, but when you work hard to achieve something and you don't see immediate results, you'll you'll feel like crap when you open Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or, or TikTok and see somebody else uh, absolutely crushing it with what you think is not even half of the level of preparedness maybe than you have. And I mean, I do, I've done this in the past. I think we all have. It's again, a natural human thing to do. But when you compare yourself to other people, you enter a really dangerous game because you can see what everyone else is doing. And it's just not a healthy thing to do. Because especially, I think people online are constantly putting out what their highlight reel is. They present the the best 
version of themselves. So it's normal to feel down if you're comparing your current situation, maybe a, a day that's not your best day with another person's seemingly flawless image. So basically, the lesson that the author is trying to convey here is that comparison is the thief of joy. If you're focusing too much on the lives of others, then you're never going to have time to live your own, your own journey, your own goals, your own ambitions. Lesson number four, you don't need goals. What you need is a mission. I love that the author here says you don't have to do anything. There's only one thing you have to do in life, and that is to die. You're always doing what you want to do. And by just simply changing your mindset, your your choice of words from I have to do this to I want to do this or I get to do this, it completely changes the 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 way that you're perceiving what you need to do. So even if it's just chopping wood and carrying water, doing something that mundane, you're lucky that you get to do that. You get to chop wood, carry water. I think this way, every time that I'm doing a horrible uh, stadium workout where I have to be at, at 11 a.m. in the Miami sun with the heat at 100 degrees Fahrenheit and I have to stay there for 45 minutes just going up and down stairs. But before I used to see it as as something annoying that I had to do. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather be in the ring practicing boxing, but it's just part of the process and it's it's I, I'm happy. I'm happy that I get to do it because there's people that don't even get that opportunity. So essentially what's the difference between having a goal and having a mission and why it's important to have a mission and not having a goal. I think the main reason is because goals let you off the hook pretty easy and people can can easily desuade you from pursuing a specific goal but for a mission it's literally only the person in front of the mirror that can stop you besides goals have an expiration date if your goals revolve around getting a new job or buying a new car or becoming a physical therapist then what exactly are you going to do after you get those things maybe you have to set another goals just to put another another carrot on the stick and keep going. But when you have a mission, it's different. It's something that's going to be with you for life. It'll help you overcome all of your daily battles and navigate them along the way. It's it's much, much deeper than a goal. That mission is essentially going to give you perspective. It's going to help you focus on the important things in life. And you're going to concentrate all of your actions on 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 who are you, who you're going to become as a person through dedicating your life to something. The author calls this or tells a story and, and calls it the oh shit, oh shit building. And he says that many people keep climbing only to get to the end of their life and, and the top of the ladder and realize that their ladder has had always been on the wrong building. And I think that without a mission, it, that's exactly what happens. It's easy to lose perspective on what really matters to you. Whereas a mission will make you think beyond that moment, which is important because it's the only thing that is significant. The only thing that is significant about the moment is who you're going to become in the process and the impact that you're going to have on others. Within that same chapter, 
He also makes the distinction between principles and feelings, which I loved. Because I think one of the questions I get most often is how do you how are you motivated or where do you find motivation or or what's your motivation to keep going and it's the honestly i think relying on any sort of emotion is is not sustainable in the long term because those emotions of being motivated being excited about something those change you know at the end of the feelings there's just nothing but if you live your life based on a set of principles based on a standard that you're setting for yourself of what kind of person you want to be perceived as or what kind of person you want to be you want to be like then there's a principle and at the end of a principle there's a promise whether you're making that promise to yourself to people around you to your parents to your kids it's there and it carries a lot more weight than a feeling and it never changes feelings change change so living by feeling is like living in a roller coaster of emotions you're gonna have to battle those every day and try to trick yourself into feeling things that you don't really feel so living by principle will not only protect you from your feelings but it'll allow you to live your life to the the greatest potential what happens with feelings is that and i i experience this all the time is most days i don't feel like doing certain things i don't feel like um, I don't know, saying hello to everybody that walks past me on the street, or I don't feel like being unconditionally grateful, or I don't feel like giving 110% effort, or I don't feel like making the best food choices. And that takes me to the next point that I wanted to make is about the distinction between happiness and fulfillment. Because I think that the, the most that you can expect from a from a feeling is chasing happiness but literally like every other feeling that feeling is not it doesn't last it's happiness is is at a forever moving target it doesn't last it doesn't exist it doesn't live anywhere it's there sometimes and sometimes it's not that's literally why there's entire industries that are dedicated to convince you to keep chasing happiness because it is perpetually unavailable it's it's a feeling that's never satisfied of feeling of desire. So happiness is temporary, is me focused, is is easy. I mean, you can literally buy something and feel temporarily happy versus chasing fulfillment, fulfillment something that's lasting. Usually is tend to be focused on others and it's really difficult to achieve. It's something that you have to work really hard for and that will shape you into being a different person. So two really important things there is differentiating principles versus feelings and living a life based on principles that you set for yourself. And then the difference between happiness and fulfillment, making that distinction, not chasing happiness and chasing living living a fulfilling life. And finally, the last lesson that I wanted to go through is the fact that you're always building your own house. So basically, it talks about the decisions that we make every day as them being the foundations for our future house. The, the place where we'll eventually end up living in a, in a metaphorical way. So in the book, along with, with other stories, the 
author shares a fable of a guy named Coda, and he was extremely well known for his ability to to build the best houses in Tokyo. He was a super dedicated ha- a guy, and he was always super hands on with the work that he did. And right before he retired. His boss handed him one last job that he was skeptical to take on. He he was tired. He didn't really want to do it. But it was for him to build one last house before he can go and retire and travel with his family. And he accepted the the job, but he wasn't really feeling up for it. And remember what we spoke about feelings. Now he was now seeing that work as an obligation rather than as an opportunity. So he did a mediocre job with that last house. Then when he told his boss that he was done, the boss handed him the keys to that house that he was frustrated with, the house that he built, but it was a gratitude gift for his outstanding work throughout the years. And basically he says uh, his uh, heart sank because he didn't know that the, that whole time when he was struggling and and complaining about the job that he had to do he was building his own house and the idea there is really important it's whatever you're doing you're always building your own house your current job might seem like it doesn't matter but the connections that you're making there might lead to something a lot more important in the future so while you might think that there's nothing wrong with eating in and out burgers twice a day in your 20s that will probably sabotage your health in the long run for example or playing video games and watching netflix are activities that are nice to do but that's not gonna necessarily make you advance in your career and in life and i'm not saying don't do any of those things obviously everything in moderation um isn't harmful but i think it's important to keep those things in your mind because everything that you do or that you don't do matter your time in this earth is is limited and the clock is always ticking. So you're always either building an amazing, beautiful house or you're bounding yourself to leave on the street or in a mediocre house. The choice is always yours. And I saved here another paragraph from the book that says, each of us are building our own house. Sometimes you might think you're building for your school, your family, your company, your team but you're always building your own own house. I hope you build wisely. That was a quote by the um, author. And that's it. Those are my five most important lessons from the book. My personal takeaway is that Chop Wood Carry Water is one of those it's one of those books that you won't necessarily find in the in the in the best selling or best of reading lists. Uh, not a lot of people talk about it and and probably not a lot of people will realize that this book exists. But I'm super happy that I got introduced to it. Thank you to my friend Michelle Bassnett for gifting it to me for my birthday this year. I'm really appreciative. Um, I think that even the uh, the description of the book seems a little bit cliche. And some of the information might too. But I think this book can really help you get through hard times and keep you moving forward and understanding what you need to do um, to keep working towards your goals despite any setbacks that you might have. Um, Ultimately, this book is, I think, for people who are trying to build something 
big and long long lasting something that's beyond just one year of completion which most things that are worth it are my personal takeaway is to stop dreaming about doing out of this world work because success lies in doing the simple things over a long period of time so let's get better at being masters of the mundane learning to chop wood and carry water because success is on the other side I hope you guys enjoyed this book review and as always I'll catch you guys on the next hybrid unlimited episode remember that in order to be entered to to win some hybrid legacy swag you gotta post this on your story tag hybrid unlimited tag me at steffi cohen to be entered to win some free legacy hybrid legacy swag i hope you guys enjoyed and i'll see you guys next time bye